this morning as we encounter God's word. Let us begin with prayer. O Holy Spirit of God, we ask you to teach us from this text, your words, what it means to follow you today in your holy name. Amen. The lectionary for our first Sunday in Advent comes from first the Psalter, Psalm 25, the first 10 verses. This particular psalm is said it's a psalm of David, a cry for help, a lament, where the psalmist, where David's situation was that he realized he had sinned, he had failed, but that in spite of his past sins, he is proclaiming his innocence today. So hear the words of scripture from the Psalms. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust, and do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exalt over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. This is the word of the Lord. Our second scripture lesson from the gospel is from the gospel of St. Luke chapter 21. This particular passage, beginning with verse 25 to 36, is apocalyptic. It's about the end times. Um, it's kind of strange, but yet the same words from this passage you can find in Revelation and Daniel and Isaiah and Joel and Zephaniah. You hear these words repeated again and again, similar words that are saying Christ is coming and Christ is coming again. Be ready, be prepared, your redemption is at hand. So hear now the words of the gospel. For there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, stand up, raise your head, keep, because your redemption is drawing near. And then he told them a parable. He said, look at the fig tree and all trees, as soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. 
Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the whole face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. A couple of weeks ago, I spoke about family drama as we were all heading to Thanksgiving. And so I, I want to ask you, how, how was your Thanksgiving? Any family drama on your side? You know, um, my first clue came when I opened the refrigerator at our daughter's home and I found six different kinds of milk, one to please everyone, and there were only nine of us there. One drinks raw milk, the other only skim, one drinks chocolate soy, the other almond milk, another 2%, and another prefers coconut water. Well, during our celebration, I got a text from the clerk of session from my former church in Sioux Falls, very formal, Reverend Doctor and Doctor, happy Thanksgiving. And so I shared with him, you know, this is a big deal for us. Wes and I are celebrating our 50th wedding anniversary. Our daughter, who is 28 weeks pregnant, is celebrating her third wedding anniversary. The other daughter is celebrating her birthday and a new dog. So it was a big weekend. And so the clerk wrote back, and he said, Wow, Reverend Doctor, what a week. Let me see if I get this right, because I'm going to put it in the church bulletin. You're pregnant. Wes is running around with a 50-year-old, and Tanya's dog's pregnant? <laughs> you know, that's about how confusing the whole weekend went from there. And to be clear, it was not Ernie. Now, I have to be clear, but it was my former church in Sioux Falls. But as we think of confusion, we look at our scripture today, the passage, and we think, you know, this belongs anywhere except the first Sunday of Advent. Isn't Advent supposed to be about baby Jesus? And here we're talking about the second coming of Christ. And so we say, where do we go from here? You know, we're talking about Jesus coming back, and he hasn't shown up for 2,000 years. So do we really take it seriously? Or do we just take it metaphorically, saying that somehow we are to usher in the kingdom of God by setting the world right? Let's talk about it, but first let us pray. God, you are a God of all this good earth, and as we hear these words and wonder what they mean today, help us be men and women of faith, hope, and courage. Amen. Theologian Karl Barth was quoted, even though other people got credit for this quote, Karl Barth was quoted to say, you must read your Bible with one hand and hold the newspaper in the other hand. We must realize that we do live in this world, 
and that what happens in this world is important to God. We need the Bible and the newspaper, and we should not bury our head in the sand. So our scripture today, as we're reading the biblical text, it says there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, the earth distressed among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint in fear and foreboding of what's coming upon the whole world. The powers of heaven will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these happen, stand up, raise your head, because your redemption is near. You know, this week, there was the administration report on climate change released the day after Thanksgiving. It's over a thousand pages in length. But as I was reading summaries that different people had posted, I could not help but see the parallels and the connections between the newspaper and the biblical passage that we just read. It starts with verse 25. And the newspaper is saying, the report tells us that the Earth's changing absorption rate of the sun's heat, chapter 4 of the report, the changing tidal effects of the moon, chapter 19 of the report, the stars, chapter 20 of the report, and it goes on to say, and the Earth's distress is threatened, is threatening our peace and security, all caused by climate change and the warming Arctic waters and increased acidity and flooding. Wow. You know, you can't help but read this and sort of think, is the kingdom of God near? And, and that's Advent in a nutshell. It's proclaiming the kingdom is near. Because Advent scripture says threatening words. It speaks of promise and prophecy and a healthy dose of judgment. And that will happen week after week as we move up to Christmas Day. These are all signs of God. All signs that God is a part of this world, this changing world, that God is doing something and our redemption is near. The Bible interprets scripture, scripture interprets the Bible. But you know, we can read this and to be honest, it can kind of freak us out a bit. I looked at chapter, or verse 34, and it says, be on guard because, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation. I had to look that word up to be sure what it was saying. And that's, be careful that you're not squandering all of the resources you have been given and drunkenness and the worries of this life and that the day will catch you off guard like a trap unexpectedly. Luke's Jesus understands that life freaks us out sometimes. Yes, we're, we're preparing now for Christmas, and we realize there may be some folks at the Christmas table that you wish weren't there, and there may be a chair empty, someone that you would give anything would be there. We look at the fluctuation of the stock market. There are those with an empty fridge. There are those with an empty bottle. 
There are congregations with declining budgets, the realization that there are people who walk in this church who are homeless here in Lincoln. There are starving children in Yemen. There are crises at the borders. The city of Paradise, California is burned to the ground. There are earthquakes at Anchorage. We have every reason to be concerned for this world. And so we say, how do, how do we deal or cope with our anxiety? And it, we do in all sorts of ways. One of my favorite is denial. Um, professor at seminaries, his quote always was, denial's a wonderful thing. I'm going to use it as long as I can. And that's sort of her I feel. But we also uh, make hope with apathy. I mean, how much sensationalism on the news can you hear without just kind of needing to distance yourself a bit, escape with all kinds of fanciful things to escape? I mean, nothing like Cyber Monday to just get all carried away and can escape in the world. And you know what I ordered? Uh, half a dozen watches for my, my uh, watch here. Did I need that? No, it was more of an escape. We can have fretfulness, we can have anxiety, and with all of these coping mechanisms, uh, we, we hope that it's somehow going to avoid the seriousness of our fidelity, our commitment, our dedication, our faith in Jesus Christ. Is it kind of just moving us out of the mainstream of what we need to focus on for this Advent season. And it's interesting, um, Advent has none of that. Advent is right in our face saying, this is not a season for truth avoiders or conflict avoiders. It is not the season for the calm little away in a manger baby. That's Christmas Eve. Advent is a time of brutal honesty, a time of self-reflection. That's what these scriptures are pushing us toward. It's a time of recalibration of our, who God is and who we are called to be as well. And are we committed to this God that we say we are? What does that mean? You know, we, we can get so preoccupied with avoiding life that we're not living it fully, and we know that, and we suffer, but others around us suffer as well. At Thanksgiving dinner, I was in execution mode because I had to get that meal on, and um, I wasn't feeling. I didn't have time to feel. I had to get that meal out. You know, we can stay so busy in execution mode, plow through, and stay on task. We are so busy doing, we are not being. We're just doing. And it's necessary, as I said, to get the dinner on the table. But you know, there are those moments that we need to pull aside, that Advent calls us to do, and that we meditate, we pause, we be still and know that God is God. We think deeply about our life and the reason for its being and think about its ending. 
there is, there is this place that the Celtics refer to as thin places, at moments where you experience God, as though God is shining through everything. Frederick Mickner says, it's here and then and now and again. And they shine through, and you experience God. A place where that veil momentarily lifts, and we behold God. We experience the one in whom we move and live and have our being. Worship can be one of those places. In fact, that's the primary purpose of worship. It's not about coming and, and getting more facts to stuff in your head and go home and say, boy, I learned a lot this morning. It is an opportunity to open our heart and to feel and experience the sacred. It is a time to do business with God. For me, and I think for many, that that happens most frequently through music more than any other time in the service. The bells, the times where, where we experience, we are touched, we feel what's going on with our heart. And we can put away for the moment that mental part of what's next on our list, who we're upset with or who's upset with us, what is or is not done. And we can move our mind from that hectic execution mode to truly worship mode. And we can experience the thin places. And we understand that that is a time that we draw close to God. And we can do business with God. I think that's what Advent is here to tell us. To listen to God, Emmanuel. God is with us. You know, it's almost like we should leave our shoes outside. Of, this is holy ground. Listen. Be present. Enter in to that time with God. Our scripture today says that Advent is a, is a reminder to be alert that the day is coming. The day is coming when, when you and God are going to have a little talk about what you did and what you did not do as far as being a steward of the faith you were given. You were given a faith. You've received that faith. And you will be held accountable for what you've done with that, not to squander it. It says that your redemption is near, maybe much closer than we realize, that this world is going someplace. God matters. Your faith in God, in Jesus Christ, matters. You matter. The whole world matters. It's asking us, yes, yes, to pick up the Bible and to pick up the newspaper. Raise your head. Keep alert. Keep strong. Keep the faith. Do business with God in Jesus Christ. The most important thing you will ever do. Because Advent says the kingdom of God is near. Amen.